0: I'm here with Grant Williams and Dean Evans as well, as we'll be chatting through a couple of things around Stable of Stars. First off, uh, Grant and Dean, thanks so much for both joining me, and uh, really looking forward to hearing some more about this. So, Grant, uh, first off, can you run us through, what what is Stable of Stars?
1: Uh, Bryce, it's it's a community of people who love horse racing in its basic form. I wanted to find a way to get people involved in ownership that wasn't syndication and wasn't micro-ownership. So I thought that there were a couple of stepping stones to do that. And the first stepping stone, I thought, was to build a really large membership club of people who are interested in racing and show them what ownership is all about. And so we've done that by giving everybody, um, allowing everybody to be a member of Stable of Stars and to feel like they own every horse in our stable. Uh, get all the trainers' reports, the updates, we take them to the races, give them some some benefits along the way, and it's just evolved from that. Uh, to actually do that successfully, I needed to have horses, and that's how the leasing side of the program came into being, where we lease horses, allow people to get into high-quality young horses for basically nothing at all, um, and, yeah, they're having a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, sounds like a very good time. So
1: how did this all
0: first come about with Stable of Stars?
1: Probably just because I'm just an ordinary bloke, Um, worked all my life, but I never had a spare $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 in my pocket to buy a a small share in a syndicated horse. And I got into a couple of little syndicates and a a lease and the horses were fairly poor quality, Um, never had a winner. The experience wasn't very good at all, Um, didn't have the fun that I thought I would have. And so I just thought there must be a better way. And so I started work on the idea, actually spent five years researching how I could do it better, what was missing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then we launched in April last year. Fantastic.
0: So launched in April last year, been running now for just over a year, and also partnered up with Winning Edge Investments. So how did uh, Stable of Stars and Winning Edge Investments partner together on the first horses?
1: Um, My idea was to try and make Stable of Stars as community-based as possible. And part of that idea was to reach out to other racing organisations or other community and sporting organisations to get them involved. So I was looking for a tipping service in Australia that was reputable, um, honest, and what I thought was the best tipping service around. And I checked out all of them. Um, Winning Edge was the one that came out on top. I'd never met Dean, but I gave him a call. We got together in a coffee shop and had a chat and it's all evolved from there.
0: And Dean, just Winning
1: Edge Investments, can you give us a a brief
0: rundown of uh, the service or?
2: um yeah you know winning edge investments is is something that um you know i sort of created about 10 years ago because there just didn't seem to be anything uh you know there didn't seem to be any tipping services out there that were actually there to help the punter you know the most of the models in the in the tipping game were actually um you know low cost tips but that was because they were promoting bookies and they had affiliate deals with bookies and they were actually making all of their money um from from their um you know from their tips losing you know to put it bluntly um you know the more the more money the, the punters lost the more money these tipping companies were making by promoting the bookies so i just found that uh, you know quite ridiculous and, and obviously not the right way to do things and so um you know winning edge was was very much the first tipping service that that did not promote you know corporate bookmakers in any way shape or form and did not have any no affiliate deals and that sort of thing, and 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 our entire ethos was, um, you know, the only way we can make money is if our tips make money. Um, so not only were we, you know, not making any money from promoting corporate bookies, but we, um, you know, also have profit guarantees and 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 all these other sorts of things that um that basically align our interests entirely with with our members and just make sure that, you know, we're only successful and we only exist if um if we're actually providing. Uh, successful and winning tips to to our members um but yeah it was you know it's an interesting story I sort of grant contacted me out of the blue and and, um about the stable of stars concept and he was sort of explaining it to me and um you know my initial reaction if I'm honest was oh is this is this just like micro shares that you know I don't I don't really like micro shares um, because you know my understanding of them is, you know, you get a very small percentage and and you don't get much of a return and it's all a bit of a, you know, it might be a little bit of fun but it's just not an actual worthwhile exercise and um and the more that Grant explained it to me, I sort of realised that well it, it wasn't it sort of sat in between I suppose your standard syndication of ten or twenty shares and and the micro which is like a thousand ten thousand it was sort of a hundred but I think thing that grant showed me that just blew me away was he sort of had a spreadsheet that you know had in a, a model that really calculated the actual returns from the prize money that members would get um or you know people who had parcels and, and it and it clearly was nothing like micro shares but the, the you know the people were getting the complete full amount that they were supposed to be getting um and it, and it blew me away and the more that i sort of you know uh, learn from grant what it all meant it was uh, i came to the realization that grant was actually not making a single cent at all from from the whole process um which was a complete difference from from the micro syndications that make an enormous amount of profit and and the syndication companies that do as well that grant was actually um you know simply providing a an opportunity for people to get involved in the horse without the huge upfront cost um and just pay the, the training fees um and then get you know get the full return back um, and that he actually wasn't even taking a clip of the ticket at all at any stage of the process, which was quite incredible because he sort of got this concept around the the membership so that people can, um, you know, follow all of the horses um, as sort of the way that, that he does things. So it was, uh, you know, that, you know, the more I learned about it, I just went, well, this is actually an incredible opportunity. (laughs) It's an incredible opportunity for people to get involved in the best quality horses with the best quality trainers or um, you know, without any sort of large initial outlay and still get, you know, the full benefits of, of the prize money when the horse wins. It was um it was a brilliant concept and um and I was really uh you know keen to get involved once I learnt about it.
0: Yeah, and speaking of opportunity it, it certainly arose because it's it's just been over a year now with uh with it all and before you want a group one with your first ever runner. At his third start, it was an unbelievably good win. It was a convincing win as well. Uh, take us through that journey. That that must have been something.
1: Um, yeah, it's quite insane. I still don't believe it. Um, it was a really interesting situation because being a professional leasing project, we expected to only have fillies. Um, but I was contacted early last year by um, Gabby, the racing manager at Kieran Maher, and she said, you know, we've got a cult that you might like to have a look at. And the first thing I said was what's wrong with him because we never expected to have a cult. Um, He was born and reared at Seginho Stud. I rang Peter O'Brien. We got talking about him. He had a small problem on his X-ray that um, nobody thought would hinder him at all. Um, So we thought it was, you know, a reasonable risk to take him on. He broke in very, very immature early on, needed to learn a lot, needed to grow physically, needed to mature mentally. So he took quite a while. Um, He came into work in August last year, and surprisingly, he didn't have a spell between August and when he won the group one on June the 10th. So he was in work for nine months solid, um, and he just kept improving. Every time they did something with him, he improved. Every time they taught him something new, he improved, he was just eager to learn. He was still a big baby, and he was still a big baby when he had his first start at kembla Grange. Um, he ran fourth um, to the King on that day. Um, good run, and we were quite happy with that. Took him back to kembla Grange four weeks later, um, and he sat three, four, five deep the whole way and put them away really easily. So we thought, oh, that was a nice win, that's terrific. Um, and then we just decided, okay, let's take him to Brisbane and give him a crack. At that stage, he was 99th in the order of entry. Um, he was the last horse to get into the field, um, and the rest is what it is.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, some story, and it was really good to watch. I, I just remember, as you mentioned, there was a soft wind when sitting deep with no cover and uh, came out and who would have thought it start number three in absolute leaps and bounds takes out a group one. It yeah, was a we huge did. turn of foot. Oh, Sorry, you go.
1: No, I was just going to say we, we didn't we didn't expect it. Um, a lot of the owners, and there's 47 owners in, in Colorado, um, 35 of them have never owned a racehorse before simply because they didn't really have the upfront funds to risk by getting into a syndicate. Um, so we had 52 people on track that day, um, and the Brisbane Racing Club were terrific. They, all gave, they gave everybody owner's passes, so we were there in the member stand, the mounting yard, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it was a huge day for everybody, and sort of the journey hasn't, hasn't finished. There's still lots more to go, but it was a great start.
0: It must have been a very exciting day, especially having a lot of the ownership on the track. And as you mentioned, just accessible, accessibility to people that might not be able to, and especially to take out a group one is, is massive.
1: Yeah, just to give uh, you a quick comparison, Kieran Ma kept on saying to me when he saw this cult, he said, Grant, this cult would have been worth half a million dollars at the sales. He said, how did you ever get a half a million dollar cult to lease? So a half-a-million-dollar cold if bought by a syndication company would probably be syndicated for $600,000. you would probably have to buy 5% as a minimum. So it would cost you $30,000 up front to get into a horse of that quality. Now, my owners, um, which are also Winning Edge owners, for 1%, we divided him into 1% shares, uh, parcels. People could take one, two, three, four, whatever they wanted, but for one parcel at 1%, my earners got in for $100 up front and they pay $20 a week, cover training fees.
0: Yeah, wow. And and Kieran Mayer and uh, their stables had an unreal couple of years, haven't they? They're extremely successful and uh, the technology they use is, is quite advanced. How is it working with those guys?
1: Uh, absolutely amazing. To be honest, I never wanted to have a horse with a big stable. I just thought we'd be a little fish and we'd get lost, um, but that's not the case. That Kieran, his staff, um, his, his uh, assistant trainer at Warwick Farm, Joe, I can ring any of them anytime and they'll pick up the phone. Their communication is terrific. They let us know what's going on. This was especially, you know, a, a special win because it was Kieran's first um, two-year-old group one. It was Kingman's first Southern Hemisphere group one. So there are a lot of firsts for a lot of people, but yeah, I can't speak highly enough of the Kieran, Ma David, Eustace Dave. Well, They're amazing.
0: Yeah, their record certainly speaks themselves, and and they do have uh, a lot of knowledge and technology there. Just uh, don't don't remind Dave about the Ashes Scholars, because I know we're not looking good. So <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, with the, in terms of the turn of foot with King Colorado, just put the race to bed really quickly. It won convincingly by almost a length. And were there any comments from Jason Collette post race? What, what were his thoughts about it all?
1: Um, one of the things he said was that he was he got further back than he, he thought. We we're actually last out of the barriers. Um, he got a lot further back than he thought he would. We planned to sit in the first third of the field, um, but he didn't panic. He was he was travelling really nicely. He settled really well. Um, and then he got some runs in between horses to make some ground coming to the turn. But Jason said that he was going so nicely and going so well underneath him that he just had to do something to push him out, um, which is what he did. And he said, you know, once he got the gap, he just, no, nothing was going to catch him. Um, and that's what we thought as well. It's really interesting that during the process, Kieran Maher, David Eustace, and, and Joe, the assistant at Warwick Farm, They were very patient with him um, and they were saying to me all the time, Grant, this is what we're teaching him to do. And the first thing they did is they needed to teach him to settle in between horses. (laughs) So even in track work, they were getting him to settle, not pull, not wreath, um, but to really settle so he had something left at the end of a race. I did that for a long time until it clicked. And then they said, right, the next thing we're going to teach him to do is to travel in between horses. And that took a little bit of time for the penny to drop as well. And then he started to learn how to travel cramped in between horses. And then the third thing they said, right now we have to teach him to see a gap and accelerate and take it. And if you think about those three things, they're the three things that won in the group one. Yeah, as you mentioned with acceleration, I was chatting
0: to Anthony Manton the other day and he said that was uh, one thing he was huge on, was a horse's ability to accelerate and be able to pick up speed quickly and that's exactly what King Colorado was able to do. Dean, in terms of the settling position, how did you feel when it was last out the gates? Were you still feeling a level of confidence or what was running through your mind?
2: Yeah, it was interesting. You know, we'd, we'd chatted about where we thought the horse might be in the run sort of pre-race and um, you know, he'd he he could be reasonably handy. When he won the maiden at Kembler, he sort of sat three wide, no cover, but he was sort of up fifth and he was up sort of third on the turn and he you know, he won on no pressure. It was a very impressive made win and um when I when I did the math and I, I sort of used some software that um, you know, tells you that the, that the horse is sort of first 200 metre, uh, you know, the kilometres per hour and that sort of thing. So it sort of forms a speed map, not based on any sort of opinion, but just their natural gait speed. And it actually had King Colorado sitting second, quite a comfortable second behind the Gay Waterhouse filly. Um, and so I was sort of talking to Grant. I said, we can actually be pretty handy here um, without any effort. You know, the horse's natural, natural uh, you know, early speed suggests that it can be on pace. Um and the message from sort of the Marstable early on was, yeah, we, we think we might go forward. And they sort of shifted that a bit on the day. Um, but, you know, the horse um, the horse was so out. Um, I was very happy that we had Jason Collard on. I think he's, he's probably the most underrated rider in Australia. He's a really, really great group one rider. He doesn't panic. Um, and he's probably the best rider of horses that are back on the fence. It's, it's usually the hardest place to win when you're back back in the ruck and on, on the fence and trying to get through um but you know i think there was there was just a lot that sort of worked out the the you know it um he just he just rated a lot better than people realized because he, he came out of a Kemble maiden and so the raw ratings were very low you know on, on the database but it, it it's because there was such a slow early pace in that race and because he was free wide no cover throughout that that you had to give him some massive bonuses and and that's where the market got it so wrong. It, you know he'd sort of opened up forty to one. he He got out to eighty to ninety to one on on Labrokes on the Friday, which was crazy, but I could understand why it had done that because people were just looking at the raw ratings. um they weren't look, weren't looking any deeper. and uh, you know when he when he when he sort of started coming in, you know, and he was back from forty to one to you know he was into about twelve dollars by race start. He was clearly the heaviest heaviest back horse and in the group one race. Now, when he got the table, I sort of I remember just you know being there with my family and going this this thing's going to win like they don't back them like that unless they're extremely extremely confident. Um, particularly with the with the ratings that he had, that that, that money comes from, um, you know that money comes from a place or a horse that's absolutely perfect. Um, and it was just it was it it was it was really interesting. He just he, he, he was cruising the whole way. He got into it. The only point of the race where I was nervous was just um, you know, when he got to the turn, it there looked, there was a point there where he might not have got through. Um and Jason just did an amazing, you know, it was an amazing rider, just make sure he got the horse through. He had a lap full of horse and it would have been just uh, an absolute travesty if he hadn't gone through. But that was the only point I was nervous. Once he got through, um there was no way that there was no way he was going to get beat. To be honest, it, it was, it was quite, <laughs> it's one of the easiest race watchers I've ever had. He just, um, he just always sort of looked like he was going to win. And the one thing I think Grant and I both said pre-race and post-race was we knew, we knew nothing had run past him. Um, we, we knew there wouldn't be a horse that would come behind him and beat him. And so once he sort of, once he poked through and hit the front, it was, um, it was game over.
0: Yeah, spot on about Jason Collett as well. He's, he knows how to how to get them from behind. That tends to be his uh, usual racing pattern, and he's extremely good at it. And as, as you said, very uh, underrated. Certainly stays calm and found the gap perfectly on the day. And interesting to hear that the level of confidence, nothing can be running past it. And as you mentioned, huge market support. I was keeping an eye on the market for that race and just kept going in and in. And... Uh, that was a huge price you said it
1: got out to as well. So what a win. And the scary thing, Bryce, sorry, the scary thing to think about is that the stable still consider him a baby. They still don't think he's he's fully matured mentally. Um, so they think he's only got more improvement to come, which is a nice thing to hear.
0: Oh, absolutely. And in terms of the future, Grant, what's next for King Colorado?
1: How's How's the spring shaping up? Okay, well, as I said, he spent nine months in work, which is just amazing for a two-year-old. I've never heard of that before. Um, We won the JJ Atkins and they sent him to the paddock. And then 10 days later, they rang me and said, okay, granny's had enough time. We're bringing him back into work. Um, So he only had a 10-day break up in Queensland. He's now back in full work at Warwick Farm. He'll have a barrier trial at Ramwick on Friday next week. He'll have a second barrier trial two weeks later. And then on the 26th of August, he'll have his first up run for the spring in the Group 3 up-and-coming stakes. Um, From there, he'll go into the Golden Rose on the 23rd of of September, Um, so a Group 1 million-dollar race. Then from there, he will go straight down to Melbourne for the Caulfield Guineas, so a $3 million Group 1 race. And, and they're his main targets, the Golden Rose and the Caulfield Guineas. Um, but, you know, we haven't said this officially, but everyone knows that if you've got a good three-year-old who can win the Caulfield Guineas, as Animo did, then why not have a crack at the Cox Plate? So that could be his spring.
0: Yeah, well, that would be, that'd be extremely exciting, wouldn't it? We all know what Animo did, and hopefully can follow a similar path. And off, off the looks of its uh, first couple of wins, I don't see why not. In terms of the
1: stable, uh, Grant, what other horses have you got in your stable at the moment? Um, probably more than I intended to have at the moment. We started with three <laughs> last year. Um, but I've now built some great relationships with lots of studs, lots of farms, lots of breeders around the three eastern states um, who all love the project and think, you know, it's a great place for them to send their fillies. So I now have 16 horses. Um, So it's grown really quickly. Probably been offered now in the last 18 months close to 150, 160 horses to lease. So we're only probably accepting one in 10. Um, But yeah, I've got um, nine horses in Sydney. I've got four in Melbourne. I've got two in Brisbane. Um and I've just accepted another one to come to Sydney as well. So, yeah, a really good variety of, of sprinters and stayers, all really well-bred, all past our criteria. Um, So it's really exciting. And what's taken
0: into consideration when you're adding a horse to the stable? Because I know there's uh, a lot that goes behind it, but what are the main factors you think you adding um, one in?
1: Yeah, typically history will tell us that lease horses are usually not great quality so we've made it a real mission to only take horses that fit our selection criteria so we will look at pedigree we'll look at their confirmation. we'll look at their movement how athletic they are they are what their walks like etc we will look at their um, vet reports we'll look at their scope um, we'll look at what trainer might suit them. They're all of the basics and if they get across in any of those areas we don't accept them. So it's pretty strict um, but that's the basis we start with and then we start talking to the breeder we talk to the the person who broke them in if they come broken in um, we talk to the trainer so there's a lot of stuff that we do in the background before we actually accept a horse and, By doing that, anyone who's getting involved in a horse with us knows that every horse we take has gone through the same process that King Colorado went through. Not saying they're all going to be Group 1 horses, but at least that should be giving people confidence that it gives them the best possible chance of getting to the track, winning a race, and going on to win Black Type. Because that's what we want to do. We want to win Black Type with our horses to do the best thing by the breeders and the farms and also the best thing by the owners. We're, we're looking for minimum metropolitan Saturday-class horses at a very minimum. And, Dean, uh, it all
0: sounds really exciting with, with ownership. What what are the best aspects you think is being part of ownership or being part of stable of stars?
2: Yeah, I just think that the way Grant has set it up um, – it's just a, it's just such a brilliant opportunity. You know, we, I sort of uh, um, wanted, you know, something that was a way for the Winning Edge community to sort of get together and really get involved in racing. And, um, and, you know, the, the 47 or so Winning Edge members who got involved in King Colorado have just had the absolute time of their lives and are going to continue to have the time of their lives for the next, you know, two or three years, I think. Um, you know touch wood that the horse stays sound but you know it's just so exciting um you're talking golden roses and Corfield kinneys and cox plates and you know grant and i get ahead of ourselves and we talk about all-star miles and uh, golden eagles you know talking about 10 15 million dollar races and it's just yeah you know, it's just it's just so exciting and it's just been so brilliant to be able to share that with um uh, with the winning edge members and you know i mean i've been in racing for 25 years and i've owned a lot of horses and you know, I've got to have got to thank Grant. Uh, you know, I mean, King Colorado is my first Group One winner, and and um, and he's going to take us all on a really exciting ride. And, but you know, what Grant's built and what he's designed, it's just um, it it just works so incredibly well. You know, as as Grant sort of mentioned earlier, that there's just no way that um, you know, most people can get involved in a, a work, the horses that are worth this amount of money. You know, half million dollar horses. Um, you know, without forking out, you know, 30 or 60 grand to, to buy a five or 10% share, you know, here you can, you can still buy five parcels or 10 parcels if you want. Um, but you're just getting it for an absolute fraction of the cost. Um, and yet you're getting all, all the thrill and you're getting all, you know, the, the prize money. It's, um it's just a, a billion opportunity and. You know, it's I sort of can't can't get enough. It's, there's no real benefit to to Winning Edge of actually promoting it. Um, you know, Grant, grants grants sort are of generous. We get a few few parcels for helping out, but but beyond that, um, you know, there's no there's no actual payment or anything for us promoting it. Um, but you know, we do it just because it's just such a great opportunity for our members. Um, you know, and, and the ones that have been involved in King Colorado have had an absolutely huge payday already. Uh, massive payday, you know, winning a million dollar race, and they're now going to be running a million dollar, three million dollar, five million dollar races, you know, in the spring, and and uh, and then possibly even bigger races as a as a four year old, you know, all star miles and, and golden eagles that are worth you know ten million that sort of thing. So, um, so like it's just designed something that's really good, and 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 like I said, you know, and then he mentioned he he goes through he's had 160 horses offered to him. He's only taken 12 so far, which is more than he wanted to, but it's hard to say no when they're so well-bred. You know, we then, Winning Edge, obviously go through our process as well, and, and you know, I just said to him, if I'm going to be involved, it needs to tick every single box. For me, it has to have an absolute best of the best trainer. That's why we've got Kieran Maher involved. It has to come from the best stud farms that, um you know, the best stud farms in Australia that have bred, you know, numerous group one winners, usually champions. Uh, it needs to have a perfect pedigree. Um, you know, quality group One pedigree, SAR and DAM um, and it needs to move well, you know, clean vet, clean scope. Um, so, you know, I get pedigree, the best pedigree expert I know in Australia look at it from my perspective. I get yard watchers, the best yard watcher in Australia to look at the videos and um, and photos and, and I just tick every box and as long as it ticks all the boxes that I've got after, you know, Grant's whittled all down from 160 to 12, I go, alright, let's do it. Um, and so far there's been Five of those that have met met that sort of uh, criteria, and um, I'm really excited about. Uh, so you thinkfully that that Grant's got because it just um, it just reminds me so much of King Colorado. It's uh, um, it's you know Kieran is going to train it. Uh, it's from Sjogenho's stud. It's from the same stud. Um, you know, it's just a really high quality individual that the mare stable really wanted to train. And that was the same with King Colorado. They they were actually offered a whole lot of horses from Sjogenho and and King Killer Otto was, um, and, uh, um, and Miss Dynamo were the two that they just said, these are the two that we really want. Uh, same with the So You Think. Um, and so I was just sort of ticking all the boxes, you know, So You Think's so. been an incredible cycle. I can remember the championships last year, I was there, and there were four Group 1 races on the championships around. Randwick, and So You think, so I won three of them, which I've just never never heard about at all. One side uh, winning, you know, basically all the Group 1s, he won the, the big race, the Queen Elizabeth and the... Um, uh and he won the um the other two as well. So um yeah, look, I just think uh it just it just makes sense. It's just such a great opportunity to get involved in in ridiculously well bred and expensive horses with the best trainers um without having to fork out a heap up front. So um so yeah we're really excited about uh, King Colorado but also some of these other horses that we've got coming through.
1: Bryce can I just touch on a couple of things that Dean's mentioned um throughout the podcast. Um, number one is that it's really important, even though we're going into these really rich races, it's really important for everyone to realise that if you're getting into ownership, you're getting into it for the fun, the excitement, making new friends, creating new networks, et cetera, et cetera. Don't ever get involved because you think you're going to win a lot of money because it just doesn't happen in ownership. Um, I speak to every single person on the phone who wants to get involved. And one of the questions I ask is, Why do you want to be an owner? Most people have been saying, because I want to have some fun. I can't get into it any other way. Those sort of things. I've had a couple of people that have said, oh, I I know you can win a lot of money being an owner. And I've said, well, I'm really sorry. I can't sell you a parcel because if that's why you're going in, overall, you're going to be very disappointed. Think of it as though we're having a lot of fun. If we win some prize money, that's a bonus. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that Dean mentioned before that we don't make any money on this. And I've had lots of people say to me, how the hell do you make money? So we've set up the leasing program so that we don't make money on that. We charge a flat monthly fee that is set for the life of the lease. If there are any increases in training fees, we wear that. There there are no extra invoices sent. So an owner will never get another invoice for the life of the lease. And we run two bank accounts we're in a prize money bank account and a horse management account with the prize money prize money comes in today it's in my owner's bank accounts within 24 hours so that prize money account only ever holds a dollar in it the horse management account is where all the monthly fees come in all of the bills go out at the end of the lease if there's money left in that horse management account, maybe we've overestimated the fees or maybe your horse has spent more time spelling than racing and that account might have accumulated 10000 20000 $30,000. We just clear that account and divide it amongst all the owners. So it's not about making money on the leases. The membership side of things is where we'll make a couple of dollars a month and that's what will keep the business running.
0: And in terms of getting involved, uh, how is someone able to get involved? Uh, how do we find more information about this?
1: Um, you can go to our website, first of all, Um Happy for anybody to email me or call me at any time. I, I answer all calls personally. Um, my details are on the website um yeah go to if you go to the website have a look at what available horses we have there and put an inquiry in about them you can do it that way um or even contact winning edge and, and i'm sure um the winning edge guys will will put you on to us as well i've got a team of six people that are helping me with all of this um but i try to handle all the ownership stuff personally um i think owners have a right to feel special and, and that's what we try to do try and make everyone feel really special. Yeah, I think the, the feedback
2: we've had on our side, um, you know, has just been so uniformly positive. Um, and you know, most of the feedback we got was, you know, before King Colorado had won a race, and just the the level of quality of communication. Now, like I said, I've been involved in a lot of horses for a long time, some through syndication, some um, you know just directly. But the level of communication that Grant goes to is is um, is kind of ridiculous, to be honest. You, you just you just give so much information and detail about every horse. You're constantly up to date with, uh, you know, every single um, little aspect of what's going on with the horse um, and communications from the trainers has been fantastic. They're so on board, um, you know, and so the whole experience, um, you know, that's the reason why we've continued to promote as well, you know, is just, you know, the, the, the experience from everyone who has got involved, um, they're just loving every moment, you know, coming together, um at the races you know making new friends um enjoying that whole process that's that's what's been huge and you know grant's certainly right when you get involved in any horse through anyone you've almost got to just assume that that money's gone you know your, your base assumption needs to be you're not going to make any prize money and any prize money's a bonus um but the thing that you know, impresses me about grant's process is he's giving he's giving owners every possible chance to be involved in in the best possible horses and actually get some some sort of return on it as, as a bonus and um, and there's always a, a little bit of additional excitement when you're in those big races, um, you know, to boot. So, um, you know, but that's, you know, if it wasn't for such a, a great experience and great feedback that we're getting about the actual process and in the day to day, then, um, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't continue to be involved. And, and, and that's the, the the big thing that um, has been impressive with with Grant and what he's sort of done with Stable of Stars.
1: We had an interesting response um, just before we launched the three fillies with um, Winning Edge and John Sargent. And I went out to my current database of members and there's only a, there's probably about 100, 110 members across those first three horses. And I went out to them and said, hey, we're going out and, and get maybe get, getting some new people on board who don't know us. If anybody would like to write something down make, to make those people feel a bit more comfortable, then they would really appreciate it. And 24 hours later, I had nine pages of testimonials. Um, That blew me away. But it also showed how how happy people were, what they liked, how much they were enjoying it, um, and that was just terrific. The other side of things, too, um, we haven't talked about, is that don't get into it to win money on prize money, but you can actually win some money on the punt because my King Colorado owners were backing him four weeks before the jj atkins when he was 99th in the noms they still had faith and they were still backing him and i've got people who all of those owners secured between 100 and 150 to 1. so i've got pensioners i've got uni students i've got young people i've got everyday tradies who were just throwing on ten dollars this week and they'd throw on 20 dollars next week and they've won tens of thousands of dollars just by having a bet on their horse. And the other side of that also is because we've got our membership, we had members in in the group and we had owners of other horses who were privy to all of the information about King Colorado coming through, that they didn't have a parcel in him, they had no ownership interest, but they were cheering like everybody else because they had backed him at those same sort of prices.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can all a, only dream of a hundred and one to one winner, can't we? That's enormous odds.
1: <laughs> He'll never be that again.
2: And I think that's the good sort of yeah, part about the the membership side of things that Grant does, where even if you don't want to parcel in any of the horses, you can actually take a membership with Stable of Stars, and uh, and you get all the information about all the horses and the insight. And you know, we get. We Get the inside mail and all of you know, Karen Mars runners, a uh, detailed brief of, of all of those. Um, you know, Maddie Smith, all of the trainers that um that Grant's involved with, you know, give us sort of the detailed rundown um of all of their runners, you know, before the weekend. And you know, I, I find that very really useful to you. You know, they're pretty open and honest with some of them. They tell you if they're not fit, they tell you if they what their target races are. And you know, I mean, we knew King Colorado was going to the JJ Atkins um from before his first start it was always a target um it, you know the only question was whether he was going to make the field and we had a nervous wait you know on the sort of uh, Monday Tuesday before the race to see if he was going to sneak in the field unfortunately he he just got in um but uh that's the sort of insight that you get um over and above and I, I find a lot of value you know as a punter in that and just uh you know you get a lot of real insight on on some of the horses where they're just they're not fit yet, they're not ready. this is not the target race um, and uh, and that really helps uh, as a punter to know when and you can really tell when the trainers are really keen on the runner and or when it's um it, it's just uh, you know it's, it's it's not the the primary race of the prep.
0: And Dean, what else are you excited about in terms of winning edge investments uh, looking forward to spring, which is coming up?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a really exciting time. Um, you know, spring Carnival is always an exciting time for the business. Um, you know, I'm really pleased with how um, a lot of the services are going. Uh, you know, the, the worldwide tips and rating service has been it, it's just been incredible. Um, uh, something like nine thousand units profit this year, which you know, people find hard to believe, but it's covering. You know. Races all around the world, so it's an extremely high volume service. We've um, Been having a lot of conversations with the syndicate about how to how to simplify the service and make it accessible for more people, because you know, most of our services are very simple to follow, they bet and forget. Um, you know, but this one's more of a rating service. But you know, we're, we're working on some exciting things to make the service um, really easy for everyone to follow. Um, uh, and so I'm quite excited about what's going to happen with that. Um, we also, we haven't really had a new service probably for well over a year uh, for quite some time, we've had a lot, of the, a lot of the analysts have been with us a, a long time. Um, uh, we've got um, uh, a new sort of bed and forget service that um, has been going for uh, a, a couple of months just to a very select few people just to protect the dividends for now um, called King's Vault that we'll be offering to, to a few more, but we have to keep that. Um, that membership base uh, limited because um, it's betting through Betfair and on some of the smaller races. Uh, but those results have been incredible. The, the Greyhound is uh, analyst who, who works well with traders, we're actually going to expand that service to horse racing and Greyhounds and Sport. Um, the trader he works with um, over the last three months has already delivered over 100 units profit. So uh, excited about releasing that to members. Uh, and also Bryce with yourself, as, as you know, um, we go through an extremely rigorous uh uh, testing process with all of our new analysts we've been testing you for over a year now you've been posting your selections publicly um and and your results have been quite quite incredible um and as a new young analyst who you know does it full time and and i've been following you very closely and, and your results are just um you know you're incredible and you're doing a really great job. So I'm very excited for you. Very soon we were waiting for a long time, but but we had to uh, to do what we do, which was a full year of of uh, testing um, and tracking before we release. And so you know, I'm really excited about your service that'll be joining shortly as well. Uh, um, and then I've you know I've got TrialsPy that has been paused for a few months over the winter period. That'll be kicking off next month, and um, and another service also um, with just my absolute premier best bets um for the spring carnival that i've been looking to do something like that for a long time and i'm actually going to be partnering with another pro punter and, and offering something new in that space too so so i'm quite excited we've sort of you know after not having any new services for well over a year we've probably got three or four new ones um over the spring carnival to come and they're all going to be very very good and they're all proven so um so yeah i'm quite excited about the spring carnival i think it's going to be a, a big one for for everyone involved
0: Yeah, thanks very much, Dean. Really looking forward to what's coming ahead. Uh, It's exciting times and yes, uh, sounds excellent with all the the services there and a huge run with the units. Uh, That's that's a massive amount of turnover there. So that's Winning Edge Investments. And of course, Dean, to get involved there as well, uh, social media. I know you're all across social media. Uh, Where can we get more information on Winning Edge Investments?
2: uh best place to start is is winningedgeinvestments.com just hop over to the website we've got uh you know a results page there we've got all the membership options um you know we've got a wide range of services for, for different sorts of punters because of horse racing greyhounds and and sports um you know we only work with with the best of the best who are proven you know long-term successful punters um and, you know, there's services to suit different people, there's services for Saturday punters, there's services to people who like to sort of bet and forget, whether you like to bet through Betfair or, or fixed odds. Um, there's sort of, uh, there's different services to um, to suit different sort of styles of, of punters or whether you like to follow follow ratings and, and bet yourself. So um, there is something there for everyone um, and, uh, and, you know, the team are, are always available through the contact us page to to answer any questions
0: and there is a massive membership drive coming up on the 1st of august Uh, can we get a little bit more information on that and what people are to expect
1: um yeah as i mentioned membership before the whole idea of membership is the first step to get people involved and active and, and really enjoying what an owner can enjoy um, so what we do with our membership is we've got a special deal with PRISM, our communication system. You can't get a PRISM account to follow horses and trainers' comments and stuff unless you're actually an owner. But the deal we've done with them is that everybody who becomes a Stable of Stars member will actually get their own PRISM account, which means they will get all of the updates from trainers, jockeys, track work, etc., etc. Any inside information that's there, they'll get that as well. So to launch the membership... I didn't do it last year because we had the three horses and I didn't think it was fair to ask people to pay a membership fee if we only had three horses. Now that we have 16, we're launching the membership uh, on the 1st of August. It'll be a special membership drive. For um, Winning Edge investments, members, followers um, that I will – organised with Dean and Dean will throw out to everybody um, it's not being offered to anybody else in the country it'll just be winning edge investments people um, so that's something to look forward to and it's only about a week and a half away there's also a competition we're doing where people can actually win, win an ownership interest in any one of uh, our horses from 2023 and there'll be three people who win those Yeah, it sounds really good.
0: Uh, sounds exciting there. So just to wrap things up, Stable of Stars, it sounds like a brilliant experience. Um, I'm certainly uh, very interested in all of it, and, and King Colorado has, uh, has been a huge success story and fantastic to hear about it all there. Grant, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, really looking forward to hearing more about in the future and I'm sure anyone listening will be keeping their eyes out and uh, getting more information on the on the stable and uh, and how to join up and and Dean of course with, with winning edge and of stars um, good luck with the future as well and uh, is there anything you guys wanted to touch on just before we go
1: no just happy for anyone to contact me at any time um, happy to walk people through the membership or walk through how to get involved in any of the horses. We've still got um, some ownership interests available in in some of the horses in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. So yeah, they should be filled um, over the next few weeks. Um, And also got a a pretty special young filly that we're, um, Dean and I are going to work on to offer to the Winning Edge members, I think over the next week or two.
0: Sounds excellent.
2: And Dean, anything else you you wanted to touch on? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually I said to Grant
1: um
2: after after we'd um offered the three uh New Zealand fillies um with John Sargent who uh the Piero, Dundee, and Castle Vecchio and, those three stars were all the best horses of the of the trainers. You know, Pierre was the best horse Gay ever trained. She said that before. Um, Dundee was the best horse Murray Baker ever trained, and he's been the most successful New Zealand trainer in Australia in terms of Group One winners. And Casaveco was the best horse that uh, Richard Lips ever trained. Um, so you know, we're excited about those fillies. Uh, but I sort of said, to Grant, that'll be it. Uh, we won't promote any more this this year. But but yeah, the So You Think one was. Um, uh, it's hard to say no when it ticks every single box, and it just um. Reminds us so much of King Colorado. She's going to be our Queen Colorado, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And, and like I said, just really looking forward to the spring. Um, I think there's so many good horses going around. There's so much huge prize money. I think it's going to be a huge spring carnival. I'm really excited for it. Personally, from a racing and a betting perspective, and, and I'm really excited about some of the new services we've got. Uh, it's always exciting when we've got new things coming through. And um, I think there's some really great ones there for uh, for people. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the future's bright.
0: Thank, that, thank, oh, sorry. I'll oh, cut that bit out. Starting to lose my voice a little bit. Nah. Uh, thanks so much for joining me both. And it's uh, been fantastic to get some insight on, uh, on how it all works and really looking forward to the future uh, and, and what we
1: see. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Grant. Cheers.